I'm your host, Rabbi Linda Schreiner Khan, and welcome to Tehillah Talks, where teens engage in honest conversation with their rabbi about what it means to be Jewish in the world today. Welcome to the latest edition of Tehillah Talks as we get ready for the Festival of Lights of Hanukkah. And um, welcome, Helena and Bernie. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, this holiday. So I'll start with, uh, when I say Hanukkah, what what's comes to mind? I think of the family celebration we usually have. We usually get like a lot of my dad's side to his sister's house and play like dreidel with all the cousins. And have a big dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. And then, of course, the menorahs. My family, usually, we we have we light a few at a time. So there's like a lot of candles out on the table, um, which is really nice. And then the cats come and sniff at the fires. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, so family, food, light, dreidel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Helena, what comes to your mind? Well, when I think of Hanukkah, I immediately picture the table of menorahs that we always set up each year, and they're all next to each other, and there's a lot of fire, and it really scares me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you turn the lights off, it is very pretty. So I think of the community of our congregation and singing on the day we celebrate. So it's, it's the, the coming together and creating light together. I think it's interesting that what Hanukkah has become, and this year, I don't know how your family is going to be doing their, their family gatherings, Bernie. For us, it's, yeah, my mother started the tradition of having Hanukkah parties where she would buy presents way in advance, small things, small things, so that everybody who came got something. And of course, the kids got a load, but uh, the adults all got something. But that was a tradition they began and we kept it going. And And this year is going to be different. So have you thought about how that's going to be different this year? Yeah. I mean, obviously, none of, none of that is really possible. <laughs> I think we'll probably do some kind of gathering over Zoom like we did for um, Passover, like a dinner together. I don't know, but we can play dreidel over Zoom. It's not not quite as exciting without like the the chocolate out in the pot in front of you, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like like everything else this year, it's going to be different. Helena, uh, any thoughts about how what becomes important this year? I guess is the big question I have. Yeah, well, my family doesn't usually do a big family gathering for Hanukkah. We usually celebrate it just with each other. So. We haven't really thought too much about it this year because I don't think it will change that much. But this year I'm in my school's Jewish affinity group. And I think for one of the days of Hanukkah, we're actually going to be in school this year because we're going to school on, we're starting to go to school again, weirdly, but we have planned a little celebration. And so I think this year it's just going to mean coming together when there are fewer ways and opportunities to come together. So it'll be more significant. 
So I, I know when I asked the question in Hebrew school about Hanukkah and uh, what, what people remember, what emerged was dreidels and uh, lighting candles. And I think that the rabbis would be pleased that we don't really talk so much about the wars and guerrilla warfare and all of that. That's a piece of the holiday as well. But in these times, what meaning do you think we should be pushing and I mean, we, not just rabbis, not just leaders, but all of us, what, what imagery for Hanukkah is, is the right imagery for us? What is the, what's the standard bearer? What, what do we, should we be talking about? I think it's about persistence and believing that we can make it through this time and that we'll still be as strong as we were before and that we'll be able to overcome all the crisis in our world right now, just like they were able to overcome the loss of oil, the their temple being ruined. Yeah, I think it's about persistence. That going forward. Yeah, I was looking for the right word, but I think persistence kind of hits the nail on the head. Like the, that oil that was supposed to last, what, like one or two nights lasting the eight nights definitely feels like we're being asked to do something like we don't have enough energy to, to last this long of doing what we're doing, but we just have to keep going, you know? <laughs> I like that. I really, I think that's a really wonderful metaphor. This notion of only having enough oil or, you know, for one and then, and, and being told, no, sorry, you got to make it last. And, and you just have to. <laughs> and you just have to. I think that's, that's a really powerful image for us right now because Hanukkah itself means rededication and that the the temple was rededicated after being despoiled being you know being used as a place where where soldiers slept and pigs were slaughtered and things like that so the cleaning I always have this image of they had to do a really good scrub down which uh right now that image uh has resonance too (laughs) You know, scrubbing our spaces so that uh, Mm -hmm. they're really ready for whatever it is that comes next. But this this image of 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 persistence. So how do we do that? How do we take hope from that? How do we give each other hope? That's what I mean. It's not just so Bernie, you may be able to do it, and Helena, you may be able to do it, and I may be able to do it. But how do we help each other in doing that? And is there a way we can use the holiday as a way of of being meshed together or webbed together. And I definitely think it could be like the holiday could be a chance to step back and and look at the um, persistence and perseverance that we already have, like shown that we have, you know, getting through whatever, like nine, 10 months of this already. Right. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we're all feeling it, but it, it also is, you know, very impressive i think that we are where we are and uh, you know vaccines are coming out soon so there is hope for the future there is definitely there is light at the end of the tunnel and in a way hanukkah is that and the imagery of light but so you're saying have a backward glance and say hey everybody we've made it this far we can keep going it's like you're on you're on a major hike 
I'm not a big hiker, but I, I <laughs> but there are times when I'm on a, when I have been on a hike and it's like a little further, you can, you can go that extra, you know, it's only going to be 20 more minutes. You can do that after you've been hiking for a couple of hours. So Helena, what do you think besides Bernie's looking back that we can do together? Well, I also think it's through um, like small acts of kindness that we can really grow because at this time and for the past year, it's been a time where people are struggling and need support more than ever. And so I think reaching out to people you wouldn't normally reach out to and doing a little more than you normally would, I think goes a long way this year. So that's a different kind of light. It's reaching out to another. So you mentioned early on that the image of what we at, at Tehillah do of having a night where everybody brings their Hanukkah and, and every year we worry about some child's hair going up in flames and having, uh, having someone guard all the fire. So how do we bring that light into the community? And yes, small acts of kindness, but the sense of being linked together. How do we do that? Any thoughts on creating connection? at this moment? Well, something I've mentioned before, because I think it is really important that at our services and especially at our holiday services where there are more people attending, that because of Zoom, we're all facing each other. I just think that's really powerful. And it's like we're all connected through our prayer. And even if we're singing alone, I mean, we can see everyone singing and so, so seeing each other's faces and having a, I mean, we are going to have a gathering and it won't be virtual, be real because we're in real time and real space and having everybody bring their, their Hanukkah in front of their screen, the light will look different, but we'll still have all the lights burning. And I think that that helps. So that brings me to another thought, which is here we are, it's the dark of winter as I watched the sunset last night, which was actually a gorgeous, gorgeous sunset after the rainstorm, we did, we weren't hit so hard by this nor'easter as those north of us, but it was really beautiful. Yeah. But it was early. It was really early. It was like five o'clock and it was dark. And so the question of this holiday is also about the power of light and darkness. What does that do for us as human beings? Why, you know, why is it this time of year? I mean, uh, we can talk about how how part of Christmas is also about light. If you, if you take out the re- the religious aspect, people are decorating their homes and trees and outside decorations and garlands all over the place and sparkling lights, right? That is a piece of this holiday. And then we have a Hindu holiday that is also all about light. Why do we as human beings, what is what does the light give us, do you think? Well, I think most basically light allows us to see like the vast majority of humans are very visually oriented. So being able to see also kind of has an like, it also kind of goes into like seeing the future. I think like hope uh, we associate very strongly with light. And I think that makes perfect sense because hope gives us like something to look forward to in the future that we maybe couldn't see if we didn't have that, that light of hope to like illuminating it. So I think it's like kind of a, it's very much like very literal because we're making it more light when it's really dark, but also very metaphorical 
because it's like giving us something to look forward to in the future, something like a brighter future. Well, it's, it's, I don't have any of you ever gone uh, into a cave to do a walk through a cave. I haven't. So years back, we were in Israel, we went through this cave uh, under the city of David uh, and there's water at the bottom and it's historically and archaeologically really interesting. But you're in this cave and you're in this tunnel and you're walking through it and it's scary, but there's somebody leading the way with a little bit of light. (laughs) So you keep going as you're learning all of this history. So, yeah, I think being in these dark places, we, you know, light has that, that power. I've, I've experienced it in reality, <laughs> also metaphorically. But Helena, what, what does the light, you know, resonate for you? How does that work for you this year? Well, for me, it's sort of a similar thing that light is sort of safety. When you see light from someone else, you know you're not alone in the darkness. And to me, darkness is... It's, it's fear, it's sort of being alone in a dark place. But I think at this time of year, when it does get dark sooner, I mean, we just need that light. And as Bernie was saying, like that hope. And it's interesting that the, the Haftor we read talks, you know, not by might, not by power, but by spirit alone. Uh, and there's the Debbie Friedman song to that extent also. This idea of the power of, of our human spirit. It's like you want to harness it. That's what this is about. And I love the fact that this holiday, which began as a commemoration by the, by the polis, by the people of a, of a military victory and kept being commemorated over time, that the rabbis were just not really comfortable with it for lots of reasons. One is that it didn't look good when they were under a Roman control to be celebrating a uh, a revolution, and so coming up with the the miracle of the oil, which is found in the Talmud and not anywhere else, and that this is not a major holiday, right? It's not a major holiday. It's like this little pitchy little holiday that was a, a came up from the people. But what I find so powerful is that what we remember is not the military victory. Really, I mean, yeah, we can get into it a little bit, but it it's the few over the many. Maybe that's the metaphor we look at to give ourselves some hope. But more than anything else, what comes through is the miracle of the oil. And then there's the the story about why do we play dreidel? Do you guys remember this? Throwing you a curveball here. Is, is it because when the, maybe this is totally wrong, but when they when the battle or war was going on, the, the families had to stay in their homes. And the only thing they did was, it was to like read and play dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that. I think it's great for us. <laughs> I don't know. You know I heard the, the piece I think that gets forgotten in the story was the prohibition against Jewish study. And the uh, midrashically, I don't know that we have any historical evidence of this, of people playing gambling games when the soldiers came to check. Oh, are you studying? No, 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 we're we're playing. We're we're gambling. It's uh, and the dreidel coming from that spinning game of gambling, and we still gamble, but either with pennies 
or with peanuts or with Hanukkah gelt. I don't see, I, I don't know of anybody who, who's uh, gambled with uh, large sums of real money <laughs> with dreidel. Yeah, it's kind of just a game of chance. I don't know how smart that would be. <laughs> it really is. It's just a game of chance. It's pure gambling and you can't really cheat. Well, maybe if you have a weighted, <laughs> a weighted dreidel. If everybody had their own dreidel, somebody could maybe figure out a way. I remember this book. This is totally unrelated. But I I had this book um, about Hanukkah about this guy who like comes into a town during Hanukkah and it's like totally dark and he's like, oh, why is it totally dark here? And the townspeople are like, oh, there's like demons here. They hate oh, the Hanukkah. goblins. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The goblins. And he goes up onto the house on the hill and like. Cheats totally cheats and dreidel to to take all the gold from the the goblins and then yeah, <laughs> it's uh yes it's Herschel yeah that was a great story <laughs> it's a great it's a great and the illustrations are wonderful mm-hmm. and the Hanukkah goblins and then and then there's the other thing about about this is food we didn't really touch on the food piece of this and in some ways not Purim doesn't have I mean Ham- yeah Hamantash but. This holiday really is food oriented. And so latkes, do you, do your families make latkes? Latkes are a big deal in our family. <laughs> <laughs> you make varied kinds of latkes? We usually just make one like big batch um, for the whole family. But it, it's like the cousins. So it's three youngest cousins, me and my sister. No, four, I guess, four youngest cousins. And we're old enough now that we can pretty much do it ourselves. <laughs> but it used to be like uncles and aunts were like watching over us. And then my grandpa has like very specific tastes in latkes. So we, we have to like make him happy. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's really fun. I, it's, it's, uh, there's always the latke discussion. Mm-hmm. Should a latke be savory or should it be sweet? Mm-hmm. Right. That's the one latke discussion. And, and, and latkes as a, as a Hanukkah thing, as a Hanukkah uh, food is actually fairly recent. It's not, it doesn't have a long tradition, but the idea of making foods that are fried because of the story of the oil has, has legs, <laughs> goes yeah. back further. So Helena, jelly donuts for Hanukkah? Not so much. No, I, I honestly think my family made latkes maybe <laughs> once or twice. And I think it was my dad, which is funny as the one non-Jewish member of my household, but yeah, we don't focus as much on the food. <laughs> some of us focus on food. Some of us focus on the philosophical end of things. It's, it, it doesn't really matter, but uh, I know that um, there's a recipe of how to make Hanukkah pakuras if you're an Indian Jew. So, you know, it, it comes from all these cultures. Uh, and we bring our own stuff into it. And it's that metaphor of the oil lasting. Food is a way of, of you know, not only keeping ourselves uh, physically going, but having special foods is another kind of light. So, Helena, I encourage you to encourage your family even to make Hanukkah cookies. I used to do that. I have all these, haven't done this in years. You're giving me an idea to pull out my, uh, my Hanukkah cookie maker so I can make sugar cookies in the shape of uh, menorahs and dreidels and stuff. But yeah, food has that tangible quality. So for us, just to, to, to sort of go back again at this moment, I think 
Bernie's comment about the lights and persistence and keeping going, I think is one that I would love to share with the community. And I would love actually for you, Bernie, to share it with the community beyond the, beyond the podcast, because I think it's something that we need right now. We need different things to, to hold on to. And Helena's thought and, and the importance of small acts of kindness uh, is another hook. It's like, you know, how do you keep on going? How do we keep on managing through this? Uh, we keep being told that the next few months are going to be the most difficult, right? That's what we keep being told. And whether it's true or not, when somebody tells you that, you get kind of nervous. So what are your tools to get through that? And maybe Hanukkah is the time to get those tools in place. And so you're saying acts of kindness, looking at the candles. So can we just hone in on your acts of kindness a little bit more, Helena, and uh, sort of end today with those thoughts of if you could be more specific about what that would look like, those tools? Well, I think earlier this year at some of the other Jewish holidays, there were organizations and people just delivering food and holiday food to others who didn't have access to it or couldn't leave their houses to go and get it this year. And I also think just making phone calls to people, members of your community or people you don't really talk to as much. And also this, a small unrelated way of doing this was with the election and making phone calls to people in other states and having little conversations about things that tie you together. And I think that's very powerful at this time and just finding ways to come together when you normally wouldn't, or it's hard to just keep pushing through. So it's all, it's also that in the past we've been in our own, in some ways in the past, we've been in our own family units more, you know, the way Bernie was describing his family or I'd say my family. And here we we're sort of, we're saying, no, wait a second, that's not good enough. We have to push beyond the boundaries of our own connections and see what's needed out there. We know that food is really needed. And here's this holiday where food is definitely a part of it. And how do we help supply some of that? And there are all these different ways in all across the country to do that, depending where you are. Food is absolutely an issue. People are still refugees and they still need help. And they still need uh, support and sustenance. Yes. And so, or it can be the simple thing of uh, recording yourself, reading a children's book and putting it out there and saying, this is my favorite book. And uh, we're going to put this on YouTube and enjoy, right? I think it can be big, it can be small, but whatever it is, if it makes if it helps one person, you never know what that one person's going to do next. And the other thing you said, Helena, earlier, I, I really believe this, and I think you're so right, is the ability to see one another's faces up close and personal is huge. And the blessing of this moment is that we have this technology that enables us to do this. So I thank you both. And I, I want to turn it over to you to end. Any, any final Hanukkah thoughts you want to share and, and wish people who might be listening to this? 
who will be listening to this. We hope you have a good holiday. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully these next few months aren't as hard as we're expecting because I think we could use a little bit of a break. <laughs> but we are we are getting there. <laughs> the end is in sight. And is in sight. Helena? Yeah, I hope that for everyone, this is a time of joy and they can find at least one way to connect with other people and to be a part of some community. And that it's not only a reflect that they use this time not only as a reflection of the past year, but they do focus on the hope and the future and getting through this battle that we're all in right now. Yeah. Hope. Yes. Spirit. That's what we need. Thank you both so much for bringing some light into the world. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) This is Tehillah Talks. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Tehillah Talks. For more information about Tehillah, go to congregationtehillah.org. Tune in next time when our teens continue to reflect on issues of the day through a Jewish lens.